All right. Somebody that uh, may not get to see any pandas, but is preparing for a big night tonight in Red Bank, New Jersey, uh, as part of his Booker T and uh, Theodore Roosevelt tour is Brian Kilmeade, a a New York Times bestselling author, co-host of Fox and Friends, nationally syndicated radio talk show host, and uh, the author of this brand new book, Teddy and Booker T, that if you're a history buff, is absolutely required reading. Brian, it's great to talk to you. So listen, uh, Frank, I don't know if it's even possible, because you're only one man. But in Red Bank, New Jersey, tonight around 7.30, Harry Hurley will be there, who hosted us at a great benefit in Atlantic City. He uh, will be there tonight. Would Frank Morano be there tonight? Because it starts at 7.30, would probably end... At ten thirty, eleven, without working your schedule. Well, you know, I um, th- there's nothing I appreciate more than a day of invitation w- when I bring something <laughs> up and it and it spurs. Oh yeah, I should have invited Frank to that. I think um, I think that would be a challenge actually. But um, let me see if I could swing it. I, I usually uh, I usually put my son to bed around seven thirty. But let me talk to Rachel and see if uh, because she was pretty wowed by your presentation as well. And any excuse to hang out with you and Harry Hurley, I, I may try and uh, I may try and swing that actually. What what time realistically do you think I'd need to be there? Seven? Hmm. Yeah, seven o'clock. I think would work. All right. Let me work. Let me work on it because I am awake at that time. I can't use the excuse that I'm usually uh, asleep at that time. So, I, and I do like that's uh, that's quite an impressive area in Red Bank, and uh, and it's uh, you know it's a great town. It's a great town. All right. Um, want to ask you more about the book in in just a minute? But there's a bunch of other issues in the news. By the way, if people want tickets to Brian, either in New Jersey tonight, in Florida tomorrow, or the following day, you can go to Brian Kilmeade. Dot com and uh, there's you can see all the tour dates on there briankillmead.com yesterday was election day a lot of people are dissecting and analyzing the results of this election and the reaction has gone from it's totally meaningless in terms of next year to this spells bad news for the republicans and or donald trump which of those is closer to your view brian i don't, I, I actually don't think it really affects donald trump at all uh, and I was at the midterms, you know, picking Mastriano and some of the people that he backed was was he was on the line for that. I, you know, I, I laughed. Chris Christie's a, uh, I think he's the greatest guy. I get along with him. Fantastic. But blaming Donald Trump for Daniel Cameron's loss in Kentucky is a bridge too far. He said, yeah, I endorse him. But it was really Mitch McConnell. And it was really Daniel Cameron. I mean, his lack of ability to fight back on abortion or get a get a clear stance there. And Bashir's moderate success as a so-called moderate with the legislature that reined him in made it tough, but he really could not answer any of these ads, which they showed me yesterday. They got a, they have a uh, a lawyer saying I have a nine-year-old client that was raped. Daniel Cameron would make her have the baby. A twelve-year-old staring into the camera says she was raped by her stepfather. Mm. Uh, Daniel Cameron would make me have the baby, and she never he never answered. Because that that's not his policy. It wouldn't have been the case. But she, he left it out there. He loses by four points. So abortion, I, I have not heard anyone tell me anything different, that abortion wasn't the reason uh, why Democrats had success. 
Well, they're certainly pointing to that in uh, Ohio, Virginia, and New Jersey. Given that that's the case, do you think abortion is going to hurt Republicans next year in the presidential election and in the congressional and Senate races? they got to get a strategy, whatever the strategy is. And let's see, I mean, zero exemptions will get you, will will, will not fly. And people listening to us right now might be the most pro-life people in the world. They might be mad at us for even bringing this up. But I'm just talking about where the American people are. And he says, you know, let's every state decide. They put it on the ballot. And then they try to vilify Republicans. They outspend them two to one. And Republicans take the hit. And they have not had the success in the midterms or yesterday that they normally would. Because Joe Biden's policies have been so terrible. And he's been so awful. And so much has gone wrong that was in his control uh, right now. So you could be building off a terrible president. Instead, they say, well, you're trying to take freedom away from women. So sexist, freedom, those are the buzz terms. Republicans are the enemy. We're not talking about that. And they say, you know, they were. I was listening to Megyn Kelly yesterday on her podcast, and she's this great lawyer. And she said, if you look at the way the Ohio uh, abortion laws are now written, you really can get a psychiatrist's note. And say, you know, it's it's uh, it's going to hurt the mother psychologically if this baby's born. And you could abort it in almost the ninth month if you want it. So that is something so horrendous to think about that Republicans barely even brought that up in Ohio. And that's a that's a bright red state that's barely been owned by Republicans with a Republican governor. So they didn't even have an effort to push back on that. So now they're going to have, I think, South Dakota, Arizona, Nevada. About six states will put some type of abortion legislation on the docket. Okay, so are Republicans just going to give up those states in in 2024? Are they going to get a message that's going to work? Well, it's going to be very interesting. You know, you remember you covered this back in 2004. A lot of uh, conservative groups and legislatures put questions related to same-sex marriage on the ballot, hoping that it would drive up evangelical turnout in the presidential election for George Bush. And it did. And it's interesting to see people on the opposite side of uh, those social issues questions employing some of the same strategies. So we'll see where it goes. The uh, debate yesterday, uh, I know this was a non-Fox debate. Did you watch much of it? If so, what were your impressions? I don't know. Uh, and then Trump had his speech, uh, and he had a rally. So he had a big crowd over there in Miami or somewhere in Florida. So everybody was in action last night. And what did I think? I think Vivek Ramaswamy makes it all entertaining, but he does not make himself likable. Um, you know, I thought that they tried to avoid having these five people criticize the president. And I'm saying to myself, they're running against President Biden, but these guys at NBC wanted to make sure they were running against each other. And I just think there was a lot of nuance and implausible answers to the fentanyl problem. I I think they're all impressive in their own way. But to me, on that stage, Chris Christie handles every issue with experience and uh, depth of knowledge, it's incredible. I, I mean, his path to the nomination might not exist, but anyone who watches him on stage, you don't see him flummoxed on anything. And number two, I thought Nikki Haley continues to do well and, and, and have a definitive view. She's constantly attacked by Vivek Ramaswamy, and, and Haley is constantly attacking DeSantis. 
So after a while, I, they almost got in a rhythm. Right. Uh, yeah. Is there a path, though, you talk about Christie might not have a path to the nomination. Is there a path to the nomination f- for anyone other than Donald Trump at this point, realistically? Without the court cases? I wouldn't think so. Because... But even with uh, the court frank, cases... we discussed this late. Yeah. Would you say? Even with the court cases, it doesn't seem to be hurting right. him with primary voters. Right, but I'm just saying that if he has to sit in the court for weeks uh, and he has to uh, – and he gets convicted and he gets arraigned. Now, will he build up his, his standing? Yeah, but I just don't know. I don't know how moderates and undecideds feel uh, about somebody being convicted of a felony, number one. Number two is I think when people see this civil trial, they're sickened. I don't even see Democrats rel- relishing it except for this clueless attorney general in New York who's giving press conferences at the foot of the stairs and sitting for hours while this city falls apart is teeming with illegal immigrants who get pup tents and told to go to Central Park were so overwhelmed, buried in debt, crime running rampant, anti-Semitism up over 250 percent, and she wants to see what Ivanka has to say? I mean, this is the most. This is the silliest thing, and the and the and the most um, uh, incompetent attorney general who has no idea that she's impressing no one, including Democrats, with these antics. But when she goes to sit in Georgia and they start talking about January six, I'm wondering if if Nikki Haley and those and DeSantis are around and they show competence, if they start maybe pulling off a couple of states. I don't see it now, but nothing's traditional about this cycle. I mean, especially after this New York Times and CNN poll that has Trump beating him, but Nikki Haley beating him, too. And and I think DeSantis is up by two. So the only thing, if there was no court cases, just a bunch of guy people running, I would say you're right. I don't see how Trump loses. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. We'll see what happens. It's going to be very interesting. Um, Also, I I have to tell you, I've been reading more and more of this book that you've written, and uh, I can't recommend highly enough uh, Teddy and Booker T. And if people have the opportunity to hear you speak about it, they should absolutely uh, take that opportunity. And they could see the dates at uh, briankilmead.com. This deals with a chapter in American history that I didn't learn in school. I learned about Theodore Roosevelt. I learned about Booker T. Washington. Didn't learn a great deal about the intersection between the two of them at the turn of the 20th century. How did these two men get to know one another, and how did their relationship, as you chronicle in the book, come to be? So the last time Frederick Douglass knew of Lincoln, Lincoln knew of Douglass, they were two of the most prominent men in America, didn't meet until the Civil War started. So these guys met in 1901, and why? The same book, not that I put myself in their class, that I read that just blew me away was the autobiography of Booker T. Washington, Up From Slavery, the best-selling book uh, by an African-American author up until Malcolm X. 
And it it, it just is it's just stunning to see a guy who says, I was a slave. This is my life. This is what I found out I was free. This is what I did after not being able to read, write or spell, know what numbers meant or what letters were. And then at 10, it just had a pure force, got a dictionary. And next thing you know, he convinced his his mom to let him go to one class, then got a job uh, keeping up an estate, uh, living there. So impressive. The woman there said, what can I do for you? She goes, uh, he goes, I want to learn. And she starts teaching him how to read and write. And that man becomes one of the most influential men in America, known in Europe and worshipped there, giving speeches that blow people away. So that story blew me away. And Teddy Roosevelt writes about reading it, giving it to his wife, mm. and they say, we got to meet this guy. And they met in New York City in 1901. Off the top of my head, I think it was, I think it was January. And they said, listen, I'm vice president now. If I become president, I want to help you at Tuskegee, the university you founded. When I become president, I want you to be my advisor. Now, think about this. In the South, uh, blacks and whites were separate. They weren't equal. Jim Crow was the rule of the, of the land. Lynchings for African-Americans who were getting too successful or had the audacity to date a white woman or a, white, uh, a black woman dating a, a white guy. He saw still the potential in the South. He thinks he could change things by educating a generation. And he does. And he starts with 30. He ends up with 1,400 graduate classes. He impresses Andrew Carnegie, uh, J.P. Morgan, and, and Roosevelt. How can I help? McKinley, how can I help? Grover Cleveland, how can I help? And he just, he didn't march in the streets. He saw the inequity in society and he changed it. And when we watch Kaepernick take a knee and we watch uh, Megan Rapino refuse to stand while representing our country, uh, I get more outraged when I realize great people along the way who help push us towards racial equality would be insulted if they looked around and goes, really? Look at what we gave you. Look where you are. Look how close we are uh, to be put, to uh, becoming a perfect union. And now we don't live up to your expectations that you have not improved. And so you take an E and embarrass us in the world stage. I, I, I think that he'd be, he'd be furious. Although that was not Booker T. He never he never would get angry at racism or inequity. He would take action. And I think you learn that from Roosevelt because this guy was uh, huge intestinal problems, could not leave the house at some type of cholera. Then he had asthma. Mm. They thought he was going to die. That's why he became this robust guy that never wasted a day or a minute. And when he saw the same thing in Booker T, I just thought I should explain this story and hopefully inspire people. And that's what I want to talk about tonight on stage, first time. Uh, you actually were on the first time in Atlantic City, but for the first time in context with the whole all the other books, as I talk about how America got great, I'm going to bring that forward. And I just hope I just know they inspired generations of people seeing black a black man and a white man work together so respectfully. What they did for America. I thought just needed to be highlighted. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a magnificent story and uh, really just required reading for everybody that loves history. I'm looking forward to hearing your interview with uh, Admiral Stavridis on the radio yesterday, on the radio today. Are you uh, you're focusing on uh, on uh, the situation in the Middle East with him? Pause. The pause that there, there's all types of pressure where there was a Hezbollah was about to attack a bunch of. Uh, a Jewish community over in Brazil, the rise of anti-Semitism in this country, 
where this came from. This guy was running Tufts College, mm-hmm. so Tufts University. He knows the the mindset, and I think he was a little freaked out by it personally uh, of the of this new generation of college graduates. So I want to get that uh, that element too. And and why are we hitting empty weapons depots? We've been attacked forty six times. Our guys are getting hurt. This TBI. Uh, they're aiming at us daily, 45,000 in the region, and we hit empty weapons depots in Syria. And I'm going to ask the admiral to weigh in on that. He doesn't like to get political, uh, but I, I just do think we're, you know, this is this is perilous times, Frank. I don't have to tell you. That's for sure. Uh, Brian Kilmeade, Seaman, Red Bank, tonight. Check out the book. Uh, get it all at briankilmeade.com. Maybe I'll see you tonight if I can uh, if I can manage this, Brian. Thank you Yeah, again. sorry about the late notice, Frank. I'm just, I never thought this day would come. I've, I've been waiting for it, and all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself, this is the show. I, so I'm almost sold out. I'll mention it a couple of times today, um, and then we'll see if we could sell out. But I have uh, I have two seats right in the front row for you, I and, love and you're definitely coming on stage. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Brian Kilmeade, uh, catch him on Fox and Friends, catch him on his nationally syndicated radio show, but you've got to read this book. It's really wonderful.